And the way I look at it is staying a night there costs about as much as one session at a marriage therapist. And I think it does a lot more good than, than what a marriage counselor would. I think that we have helped build those relationships. Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast, inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third generation family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of East Idaho Entrepreneurs. If you're a longtime listener, thank you so much for your support. And if you're new to the show, we are so happy to have you join us. On this show, I interview local business owners, entrepreneurs, and influencers, and learn their origin stories. And I think these stories are inspirational, at least they're inspirational to me, and they help us to get to know our neighbors better. So today, I'm so excited to be here. My guest has used his talents and his family's talents and creativity to heal marriages and help us escape our reality. So welcome Larry Fisher, owner and creator of Black Swan Inn and Destinations Inn. Thank you. <laughs> That's all I get. It's just a thank you. I'm excited to be here with you. <laughs> I'm not convinced, but you know what? It's okay. You're just the quiet, quiet, excited kind of person. Larry, thank you for being here. We, um, for those who may not know, tell us about what is the Black Swan Inn. It's in Pocatello, for one, and Destinations Inn, which is in Idaho Falls. What are these, and what makes them different from any other hotel that's around? Well, hopefully anybody that's listened to this already heard about us. <laughs> you would hope so, yes. <laughs> but whether you've heard about us or not, uh, we're a themed hotel, and uh, we cater to couples mostly. That's been our main focus, uh, giving couples an opportunity to, to escape and spend time together. And, and you know, we, we live in a time when we're all so busy that we don't take time to spend time with the person that's the most important or should be at least and that's our spouse and so uh, we give we create an opportunity where they can escape where it doesn't take much time or doesn't cost that much money and and come and just spend some time together and build those relationships uh, so like i said we have the black swan in pocatello and destinations in in idaho falls and um, we started the black swan inn a little over 20 years ago uh, and it's been a great success and <clears throat> had a lot of guests there come and stay and, and Destinations Inn was built in 2006. A local builder here in Idaho Falls built it and then we had the opportunity to purchase it in 2010. So we've owned it since 2010. So talk to me a little bit about that. Black Swan was where you started 20 years ago. What, <clears throat> what you were a contractor building homes. You have Fisher Construction at the time. What is it that makes you look at a building and decide, I want to do themed rooms and have <laughs> and own a hotel? Like, tell me where that, how that came about. Well, having a hotel or having themed rooms was never in <laughs> never, my future. Yeah, uh, that I knew of anyway. It's definitely been in my was in my future, but uh, uh, so we built custom homes. Um, we built our first home in 1981 at the start of the one of the worst recessions we've had. Interest rates were over 20%. And uh, it was not a good time to start being a building contractor. Wow. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, because of the lack of work, our first two homes that summer 
One was in Preston, Idaho, and one was in Pinedale, Wyoming. And so we did a lot of traveling that first year, um, and then just built from there. Um, but we really, I really enjoy building. I've always, my whole life grew, growing up, I built tree houses and underground forts and just loved tinkering with things like that. And so, so I naturally building houses was, was just something natural for me and I just really enjoyed doing it. And uh, all but one of the houses we built were custom homes. Uh, we did build one spec house uh, that wasn't a pre-sold. All the other ones were custom homes. And uh, I just really enjoyed working with the people and trying to produce a product that was uh, that they really wanted and that was their vision because people have different visions of different houses and yeah and so I just wanted to build it as they saw in their mind uh, and so I tried to get into their mind and and uh, figure out what they wanted and then tried to build that house we drew or drew the plans ourselves and and did most of the work ourselves so we didn't build a lot of houses I think I built 50 some homes at the time when I was building homes but um, but we would do most of the work we'd pour the foundations do the flat work most of the time frame the house do the tile work trim so you were uh, like you were so we well were, into all of this construction yeah we were very involved I, yeah I tried not to do the insulation I did not like to do that <laughs> uh, most of the time we hired out the drywall but I have done some of that but anyway I just really enjoyed all the steps of construction and the satisfaction of seeing a product being built and then completed. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> so that's what I was doing. I was love doing that, loving doing that. And uh, my sister went and stayed at a theme hotel down in Utah, down in Logan. And uh, she came back. She said, "Oh, you guys got to go to that." And so <clears throat> I thought, "Oh, that sounds interesting." Yeah. I don't know if it was my my anniversary or what, but. Anyway, I reserved a room down there and went down there, and and uh, as I was just and this was around two thousand ish. Uh, this late was late nineties. Nineteen. It was probably mid nineties. Okay. Uh, maybe yeah, right about nineteen ninety five probably. Um, and so as I was sitting there just looking around, I was thinking, you know, this would be fun to do this. Yeah. Uh, Your brain started just <clears throat> churning, huh? Yeah, I could I just, just see it. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I could do that. Uh, yeah, I, I thought I, I could do that. It'd be fun to do it. Um, you know, building custom homes, you do do get into custom woodworking and different things, but but around in Pocatello, you know, we don't have multi-million dollar houses. And so budget was always an issue. And so you can never really do a lot of detailed, you know, you could do some detail work, but not really extravagant right. different things because right. people just didn't have the money to pay for that kind of stuff um, and so I thought you know if we built one of these we could do all these unique things and try out all these different things and and uh, I just thought it sounded like fun and and exciting and a challenge and and so uh, and what did what do you know what the market was around themed rooms at that time clearly there wasn't anything in East Idaho uh, but was that a thing across the nation I'd never heard of it before. Yeah. The one in Logo was the first one. That was before Anniversary Inn oh, yeah. even started. Yeah. Uh, and they had been doing it for like, I think like about 15 years before that. So they were kind of trendsetters, yeah. They, they, they bought a house and they remodeled it and then they were successful. So they bought the house next door. And by the time I uh, went down there, they had like 
six or seven houses right around there that they had remodeled into these theme rooms. Now, the after I got into it, I found out that there were more. Uh, there's the Madonna Inn in California that's been around since the 50s. Uh, but I had never heard of it before. Yeah, there's uh, certainly not a lot of them around, <clears throat> I would imagine. Yeah, especially back then, they're not. They're, yeah. There weren't. Uh, since then, since it's become a little more popular, you can find quite a few across the country. Uh, but, you know, what you classify as a theme hotel or a theme room, some people put a sign on the door and say, this is our our Western room and they, they hang a, a, a rope and a, yeah, you know, a wagon wheel on the wall and that's their Western room, you know. <laughs> Which but is uh, not the way you have done it. You have taken it to a whole other level. We want to be a complete experience when yeah. they come here. Yeah. <clears throat> so. so then you, did you start picking those hotel owner brains or did you just come home and you were like, I, I think I want to build one of these? Uh, I never, I didn't talk to them at the time. I got home and thought about it more, and so I started looking into it. <clears throat> and there's a there's this English Tudor building in Pocatello that houses the Black Swan in right now. It yeah. was, it was townhouses, apartment complex type townhouse, and uh, there's people who were renting those rooms, and and I just loved that building itself, and it had a nice courtyard out front, and uh, you know that would yeah, be it's an beautiful. ideal place to do this. So even your and, vision just kept going from then. You're like, and I have a place to do this. <laughs> well, one of my sayings is you find what you're looking for. And and I was, I started looking for something and things started to open up and and uh, opportunities and paths. And so the more I looked into it, uh, you know, it was, yeah, you know, there's obstacles and everything, but... Um, but this building wasn't for sale at the time either, so I had to convince them to sell. It was the father and two sons that owned the building. Um, the father was pretty much retired, and then the one was an attorney, and the other one was a building contractor, and I knew the building contractor really well. So I talked to him, and he says, you know what, I, I'm about ready to get rid of this building because it's all run down, and it's going to take a lot of money, but my my brother's an attorney it has his office in there and he's not too excited about selling it. He's <laughs> just right want to be to, displaced. <laughs> he's right next to the courthouse and right next to the post office uh -huh. and, and has a beautiful building to be in and everything. And anyway, so he wasn't too excited about leaving, but we worked on it. And uh, part of the deal, in fact, is I allowed him to stay there for two years after I bought it. Oh, got it. Have his office there for yeah. free yeah. Uh, to, to make this deal work. But so Good. you have to kind of, so you got it. You have to kind of, you know, Wheel and deal work. a little bit, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, just like you said, um, when you found what you were looking for, you made it happen. Yeah. So, um, let's see. What was I leading up to on there? Um, you bought this building. So we we <laughs> ended up buying the building, and uh, oh, the the people in at the other hotel that we went and stayed at. Uh -huh. So, I uh, um, as I put all the plans together. Um, and saw how much it was going to take to have a cash flow, it did make me a little nervous. Yeah. I felt confident I could build it, yeah. but I'd never run a hotel before. I didn't know anything about hotels. Uh, and when I saw how much money we needed to bring in to pay the bills, that you know made me a little nervous. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, so I thought, I wonder if the people in Logan who owned the one we went to would be interested in going in on this with me. And uh, so my wife and I drove down there. We just had our 
our sixth baby. We had our brand new baby with us. And uh, we drove down there and uh, the other kids must have been babysat by somebody. I don't know. But <laughs> I hope so. Anyway, they were we, taken yeah. care of in one way or another. <laughs> <laughs> so we drove down to Logan and I went and knocked on the door. And the owner answered the door and I said, hi. I introduced myself and I said, told him what I was there for. And he says, you know, I, I really don't think I'm interested in this. Uh, but give me your information. And so I gave it to him. And about a week later, he called me and said, you know, I've been thinking about this. And uh, let's, let's sit down and talk about this. Uh -huh. And so they, they drove had you up already there. Built, had you already purchased the building? No. Okay. No, I'd already, you know, knew that that was the building uh -huh. I wanted. I'd been talking to them and everything. This was still but, your vision. But we had never, we, we hadn't purchased anything. And I'd been working with the SBA. Um, you know, they have... Uh, a lot of information on hotels and different things and they gave you know told me a lot of things yeah to try to educate myself uh, to know what I'm getting into but so they came up <clears throat> I showed them the building I told them what my plans and my thoughts were and and, uh, and so they decided uh, we both decided to yeah let's go ahead and do this venture together and and see how it works out and because of my experience in construction and his experience and history in a theme hotel, and then bringing the SBA involved, the bank was more than happy to, to work with us. And, Good. And uh, yeah, so we put our package together and presented it to the bank and the SBA, and, and uh, they were on board with it. And, rest history from there on that part of it so you know <clears throat> in the beginning i get it you're you go to this hotel and you're like this is fun and i want to build this but at this point like you're pulling the trigger you still have a passion to make these rooms these theme rooms had you had you already thought of what some of the themes would be did you have an idea that it was going to be what it is now I don't remember how, how much how much <laughs> of a vision I had. There. I just knew I wanted to do it. Yeah, and, yeah. And I was pushing forward. And, you did and, it. and uh, so, uh, in case if I forget, uh, we we were partners for five years. We did uh, we did our we did in, we were going to do the rooms in three phases. So we did our first phase of eight rooms, and then that was going well. So and we, this was in two thousand. Uh, we started we. We started. We bought the building in 1996. Okay. And we started gutting it out in '96. We opened our first room up in 90, January of '97. Okay. The city was very good to work with us. They allowed us to open up one room at a time as we got them ready. Yeah. A lot of times they'll not. They won't let you do it until you get the whole project ready. Uh huh. And uh, we couldn't have done it if we would have had to do that. Uh, so the city was really good to work with us on that. And. Uh, so we did the first wing of eight rooms, and the other wing we still had rented out to, you know, people who rented those apartments. Oh, got it. They, they were still so we were still getting some income coming in from that while we were doing these first eight rooms. So we completed those first eight rooms, um, and we felt good enough about it. Things were going well enough. We decided to start on our next six rooms, and so we started on those. We completed those six rooms. Uh, finished up those, I think it was 2001. Um, and then we were getting ready to start our third and final phase. And we had some discussions. And at that point, we decided uh, to end the partnership. And so we were partners for five years. And then we bought them out in 2001. And uh, 
they retired and went their way and yeah and we continued on with with well what with a nice building. partnership because you were able to learn that hotelier <clears throat> right i mean you never saw yourself probably being like you said owning a hotel running a hotel so you right. were able to glean some of that information as you had that partnership yeah and they were good people uh really enjoyed them and and uh, and they had the experience and and they were right there with us you know getting their hands dirty and um and you know because we didn't have very much money and we had to do you know not only we want to we were kind of forced to do most of the work ourselves yeah i was still a building contractor at the time fact, so you're building houses my, and trying to do yeah at the time i was actually building a dentist office there in pocatello um <clears throat> but uh and we might have been building another house i don't remember but i remember building the dentist office at the same time but uh our plans were to get that building done and then uh you know we were all working on it i still had employees i had five employees at the time that were helping us with it too we were trying to get the room the that building done the black swan in and then i was going to go back to my general contracting and then they were going to do whatever they you know retire whatever uh -huh. they want to do and then we were just going to hire a manager to run the hotel yeah that was kind of the plans to start off with but but uh, as we got into it, there's more to it than just turning it over to somebody. And, <laughs> it wasn't as easy as you and, thought it was going to be. Uh, and I had put everything that I had saved to that point in my life. I had to refinance my house and different things. And so... Everything um, was in the end. So I, I felt a little reluctant, too, to just turn it over to somebody to manage it. I've heard too many stories about people having somebody else run their business and next thing you know they're they're losing their business you know because yeah. they don't have enough, they didn't keep enough tabs on it and so and plus we've always been in construction there's always things to do there whether it's making new rooms or remodeling or whatever yeah. and so yeah. so I just uh, after we bought our partners out um, I just pretty much put full time into into there and uh, and the rest is history, spent, as they say. Spent my time there, yeah. <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about the rooms. You had this vision. What was it, um, how did you know what rooms you wanted to do? The theme of yeah, the room? Yeah, <clears throat> Well, it really wasn't <clears throat> hard to come up with themes. It was hard to, to narrow it down to just one or two or three, you know, whatever we were doing at the time, uh, because there's, there's just so many places in the world you can go to and different things that... That uh, so we just all kind of brainstormed and came up with our different ideas and we'd talk about it and then we'd agree on a theme and go for it. Now, <clears throat> Destinations Inn, the difference between it and Black Swan Inn is Destinations Inn are destinations throughout the world. So we have England, Rio de Janeiro, uh, Thailand, Rome. Yeah. You know, so so they just picked. Uh, you know destinations destinations mm -hmm. that people are interested in hawaii yeah and then did their theme rooms with that which i think was brilliant i think the the name destinations in was a they were just really yeah it makes sense really smart the way they did that and the rooms they came up with and they did a really nice job when they built this and and uh the the people that built destinations in just are really good people and did a nice job and and uh and so I was happy when we had the opportunity to purchase it. And, yeah, because it uh, went right along with what you guys had done yeah. at the Black Swan. So the Black Swan has rooms like the cave room, 
under sea. Sea, I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, there's Atlantis under the sea. Yeah. The so sea cave, the enchanted forest, the Mayan rainforest. The, all sorts of things that your imagination could go just crazy right, with. Right, yeah. Yeah, so. We did go crazy. <laughs> so talk <laughs> to me about that process. You pick a theme, you, you're you like, we're going to do um, Atlantis under the sea. So then you can just <clears throat> envision all sorts of things to do with it. Are you the creative person? Can you see all of that when you walk into a room? Uh, that's more of my wife and then our our other partners, the wife there, they were the real creative ones. Uh-huh. Mine was more of the reality I can build of it. putting it together and arranging it. We wanted, at the Black Swan Inn, we wanted to be able to see the, the TV from the bed and the tub. Um, you can't do that in all the rooms here, destinations, but so, and we wanted to have a fireplace in every room. <clears throat> so it was a little bit of a challenge to be able to put all that into this small space. Right. To make everything work, and and uh, one thing we did was it had a it has a twelve twelve pitch, which is a forty five degree roof on that uh, building, and it was all attic space before. The ceilings on the second floor were seven foot eight inches high, which had this huge attic space. So we came in and we gutted all that out and made that attic part of the space so you of the rooms, use it. Mm-hmm. and we basically rebuilt the whole roof from underneath from inside and put beams down and new rafters in and everything. Uh, but it opened up a lot of possibilities. And in some of those two-story rooms, we actually have the bed up in a second floor in that second story. Right. Um, one of the rooms in the Mayan rainforest, we actually built a tree house. We built a big tree, and then the base of the tree is the shower. And then it has this tree house above it, a bamboo tree house, and the hot tub or the jetted tub is in the treehouse. Uh, how do you go about doing that? Like, do you, how do you craft a tree? How do you craft a shower out of a tree? I mean, I don't know exactly even how to say that, but um, you just build it? Yeah, just build it and do it. I mean, that's I'm imagining right. paper mache, that. which clearly that's not going to work, but you, you just craft these items and buy trees and. No, we make it all. Yeah, really. Yeah. And so that's another story I'll tell you here in a minute. But yeah, we just frame it all up. You know, we have to make sure you have your structural integrity there because it's holding up a lot of weight with the tub and water and everything yes, up yes. there. And so you have to make sure you have all your structural integrity there. Uh, and then um, and then there's different techniques to, to build your, whatever it is you're building, uh-huh. whether it's the tree, you know. And did you just figure that out as you went along? Yes. Uh-huh. It, it, some of it was just thinking about it. Some of it was uh, expertise. And it's really interesting, going back to you find what you're looking for, uh, how opportunities open up as you move forward. Um, so I'll tell you a story, but before I do that, just going back for a minute, you know, when you said, how do you come up with these ideas and stuff? Nowadays, it's a lot easier because you have the Internet. You can just go on there, you can Google an image, and I mean, just thousands of pictures show up. And you go in there and you can get all kinds of ideas. Back then, we had to go to the library. It wow. Was, <laughs> the, it, it's a lot better now, a yeah. lot easier now. Yeah. Because uh, we would spend a lot, you know, especially my wife and our other partner would spend a lot of time in the library going through books, and then they'd check out these books and they'd use that for their murals and for different designs and things. And wow. Now it's so much easier and better. Yeah. Um, but 
<clears throat> so in our first room, the first room we did the black swan in, it was our cave room. Okay. And so um, I, as a builder, um, I love to go to Las Vegas. That place just fascinates me so much. I do not put a penny into the slot machines. <laughs> you just stare at everything. My, my money means more to me than that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh, just the creativity down there. And and we spent a lot of time down in Vegas going through those casinos. Getting ideas. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and uh, like the Luxor, for example, you know, we used a lot of ideas for our Egypt room, our yeah. Egyptian room. Yeah. Um, and that's another story I could tell you. But uh, so... I, I, I saw how they used concrete, sculpted concrete. And uh, <clears throat> so when we were doing the cave room, we wanted to do it out of concrete. Uh, and so we were able to get a hold of a guy, and I don't remember how we got a hold of this guy, but he had done a lot of the concrete sculpting in Las Vegas. And, uh, and we talked him into coming up, and he stayed at our house. Wow. And uh, he spent a day with us showing how to do the base coat. <clears throat> so, and then he left. And so we spent the next couple weeks in that whole room doing the base Figuring coat. Out, uh -huh. And once we had that done, then he came up again and spent three days with us showing us how to sculpt it and do the finish coat. That's so cool. And, uh, and so we learned how to do that or he taught us how to do that. And uh, so that was one experience. Um, and then another one, do you want to hear yeah, these stories? Yeah, uh -huh, absolutely. It's fascinating. <laughs> so in our, um, let's see, one, in our fifth room that we did, it was the Atlantis Under the Sea. And it was one evening. It was probably like 9 o'clock at night. I was up inside the dome above the bed on the scaffolding working up there. And uh, uh, somebody knocked on the door. So I went over and opened the door, and, and this this guy younger guy in his 20s came in he said uh he's kind of shy too you know but he came in and You're said like, what's going on I, I think i've got something that would be good for both of us and i said oh yeah what's that and he said i work for universal studios and i do sets paint sets and design sets and create sets for these movies and stuff uh and he said my wife and i we're, we want to start a family, and we didn't want to have a family in Los Los Angeles. So I got so a, here he is in Pocatello. So I got a job with the sign company doing their signs here, but I want to make some extra money in the evenings, and I was wondering if I could help you guys. Wow! Uh, on Saturdays in the evenings, and he had this book that was about the size of a, an encyclopedia, and he said, "I can do anything in this book." Wow! And there's all I mean, he was amazing. Yeah. And so uh, he worked for us uh, and showed, and, and the nice thing too is he would show us how to do all these things, teach us how to, Yeah. Uh, it was just incredible. Were you like, where did this guy His, come from? He was a godsend yeah, for he you. he just showed up. Uh -huh. It was just amazing. Wow. And uh, he worked with us for, let's see, one, two, three, four rooms. Um, and then his wife got homesick and anyway, they decided to go back to LA or whatever, but... Uh, but it was it was definitely a godsend. Because and, in uh, that time, you were able to learn yeah. all of his the way he did he, stuff. He taught us all these different things, and then he you know did a lot of the work there. Yeah. And uh, he was incredible. He was 
it was amazing what he could do. And so well, that, that was, was meant to be. Yeah. yeah like was, you said, <laughs> you, when you, you find what you're looking for, yeah. put it out there in the universe and it's going to come to you. It, I, it, I really believe that. It's yeah. happened over and over again so many times. If you just go out and put forth your effort, uh, things show up, things happen, things work out. It's, you know, I'm not, I'm not a brilliant guy and I'm a hard worker. I'll admit to that, but I'm I'm not that smart, and I I just keep plugging along, just keep going, and and things always seem to work yeah, out as I, long as you you keep move up to it. Yeah, you know? I think the key there is you've got to be willing to move. You can't just sit and wait for it. You've mm-hmm. got to move. So. And you got to keep persisting and enduring. You know, because I think back on a lot of things where I was ready to give up, and and I I just gotta keep going. Yeah. It's, it's that last mile that you go where you really make a difference. It's perfect advice. So my question to you, you talked a little bit about this, but once you got the cave room done, you said people would come. Was it pretty successful immediately as you would get these rooms done? Were people interested mm-hmm. right away in starting to come to the hotel? Yeah, it was. And, you know, if we only have one room, it only takes... The most one. you can rent is one <laughs> one night, you know. So you didn't have to have a big clientele, uh-huh. and uh, thank goodness because I think if we would have had to fill up, you know, fifteen hotel, rooms yeah. right from the start, I think that would have been very difficult. But yeah, so it was pretty successful. Uh, I think back in the, when we started, uh, you know, we we didn't have an office. I had some people living there, and they would check in at their apartment. You know, I mean. Very unprofessional, very uh, almost embarrassing as I think back on it. But well, people things didn't have come really around care, now because you know? it's Airbnb, and so I think it, yeah. you know what goes Maybe around. Maybe we started that. Yeah, right. We <laughs> started it back then. Yeah, just yeah. come on in and we'll check you in. But it's really evolved to where we are today. I mean, we're still got a lot of room for improvement. You know, there's always things you can do, but but compared to what we had back then, you know, we. There wasn't reservation systems on computer. We had this big book we had printed out. Wow. We'd make, you know, write down the reservations and everything. Everything was in that book. And we did that for years and years until they finally came out with some software, reservation software that makes it so much nicer now. A lot of things are so much easier now than what it was back then. So what do you think about the hotel business? How Obviously, you're in it. You've been in it for 20 years. Um, You... What would you recommend people going into this kind of business? If they like it. <laughs> you, you didn't know, know if you are going to like it, though. You know, I love building houses. I love the hotel business. I love interacting with people. If what I really like, but it financially is just not feasible, I'd love to just work at the front desk and meet the guests, the people. You know, that's if I could just choose something to do, you I'd just like that. to be there and get to know the people and... I've made some great relationships with some people that come here often, and yeah. and uh, but I, I would love to just talk to them. We have people from all over the world that come here, um, and it, I just I think that's neat. But I just can't. I don't have. I, I it's not practical. Maybe someday. Maybe that's the your future <clears throat> position. Maybe. <laughs> I don't see that happening, but I'll, yeah, I'll never retire. Yeah, as long as you're here, but, you're going to be doing other stuff. I imagine. But, uh, but yeah, it's. So the hotel business has been really good the last 10 years uh, in, in eastern Idaho, especially with people coming to Yellowstone National Park. You know, it's had record years, you know, probably, 
I don't know the statistics, but probably four out of the last seven years have been record years for visitors at Yellowstone National Park. And so we get a lot of people that come through here and, and uh, the hotels have done very well. Right now, they're not doing well at all. Mm -hmm. uh, we're doing okay, but we're a different niche, you know. Yeah. But the hotel industry is really struggling right now. There's a lot of hotels that have closed down. Uh, it's going to change some things, but, uh, but. To hopefully that's temporary. Yeah, I hope we get our tourism back. Uh, it is temporary, but it will, will never go back everything to the way it was, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Things are going to be different yeah. with everything, including hotels. Yeah. Uh, but that's part of life. That's part of the way things are. You have to change with the economy. You have to change with, with the way things are, you know. Just like advertising, you know, uh, if you don't start, if you're not doing social media and stuff. If you're in the yellow pages uh, right now, you're yeah, probably exactly. not getting found. Uh -huh. I noticed yep. the yellow page books. Is, you know, pretty little, yeah. <laughs> the ones that are still around are pretty, yep. pretty thin. Yeah, and yeah, so you're you, right. You got to adapt. You have to adapt with things, and uh, and this is part of that adapt adaptation. You know, is that things will be different, and just have to. Unfortunately, you know, this virus has been something else, but. Yes, it has for all of our economy. Where there's do you... opportunities too. There's, yeah. there's opportunities that will come from that. So historically, have most of your um, guests been tourists or local or a mix of both? Mo well, it's a mix. Uh, mostly local. Like I said at the very first, our main focus is to cater for couples uh, within, say, 150 miles uh -huh. radius. Mm -hmm. uh, but we do, because of the internet, we do... Uh, advertise for you know tourists mm -hmm. who are traveling and also business people that may sound kind of strange but, yeah it does but uh, we have a lot of business people that come and stay here yeah that's uh, fun they're they're tired of staying in their their regular hotel rooms because they're they're on the road so much and they come here and they can sit in a steam shower right in their room they can watch a 75 inch tv uh, and, and pretend like they're in england yeah and, yeah and uh and we give them, we do business rates for business people that are in town for business. And so, did you ever see yourself doing that? Like when you started in the beginning, that that would not be your customer, I would imagine. Right, no, no, I never thought about that. Well, it's a, a few good years example ago. of ad adapting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To that particular clientele, what do you feel like is going to be the adaptation for the hotel industry? Do you think it's just going to be a different way of cleanliness, or? Well, definitely the cleanliness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that'll. I think the hotels did a pretty good job for the most part of being pretty clean anyway, but it's definitely going to be different now. Um, uh, travel, there will always be travelers and, and tourists and stuff like that, but but they are going to be, you know, it's a really good question as far as what it's going to be, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But, yeah. And I don't know the answer to what it's going to be. I just feel like it's going to be, be different. Change. has to. What are some of the challenges of running a hotel? Like, have you ever had someone come in and just destroy one of these beautiful rooms? <laughs> um, fortunately, most people are very respectful. And usually if you have something that's really nice, people will keep it nice. Um, so for the most part, people are very good about it. Uh, but there's always, unfortunately, those people that just don't respect things and, and, 
that does happen once in a while. And then just to share one story with you is, uh, this was more of stupidity than disrespectful, but uh, <laughs> some I got a phone call one evening. Um, I was driving back from Idaho Falls, and they said, uh, there's water leaking in our enchanted forest. And there's not uh, supposed to be. <laughs> from the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh, not the rainforest. It's not supposed to be raining in there. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, uh, to make a long story short, the, the guest in the room above it had the water turned on for the tub and he passed out drunk. <gasps> and the tub overflowed. Oh my goodness. <laughs> And he still passed out. And he was still passed out. <laughs> anyway, so consequently, the room below, the ceiling caved in. Oh, no. Uh, and it destroyed that room. And uh, Oh, dear. Anyway, uh, so that room is still not uh, usable. It still needs to be That was a recent out. event. Well, it was actually over a year ago. I just have not had time to go in there. <laughs> to get, get it fixed. Uh, yeah, we're, but we're still. working on updating some of our other rooms and doing that. But uh, the cool thing about that was, is the guy denied it at first. And about four months later, he called me and said, my conscience has been bothering me. And this is what happened. And I want to make it right with you. Oh, wow. And he gave me a little bit of money. Not, not near as much as I've lost from it. But, yeah. but I just thought it was... I, I was happy that he would renewed a, your faith in men, and right, the, yeah, and that you can <laughs> he, mostly for his sake. Yeah, that he got that off his conscience. Yeah, he was able sure. to to clear that up and make it right. And uh, uh, but anyway, it was just an interesting story. <laughs> that is an interesting story. I imagine you have lots and lots <laughs> of stories that you can share. Oh yeah. Um, I well, I wasn't kidding when I was doing the intro, and I said that you healed marriages. So tell us about some of. Do you have a story around that, or a thank you maybe from any couples that have stayed that are like, you know, that really <laughs> did help us. I I have a lot of thank yous, um, and the way I look at it is, staying a night there costs about as much as one session at a marriage therapist <laughs> and it's a lot funner yeah, and, right. <laughs> and I think it does a lot more good than, than what a marriage counselor would not saying there's not place for a marriage counselor of but, course not but uh, I think that we have helped build those relationships to a lot of couples um, the one probably the main one in mind was I got a letter from a lady who said that her and her husband were in the middle of getting a divorce and uh, and they were sitting down one day trying to work it out, who's gonna get what and all this. And they just kind of looked at each other and they said, you know what, this is kind of a hassle. Um, we once loved each other. You know, let's, let's go to the Black Swan Inn. Just see if there's something still there. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and they went to the Black Swan Inn and. I guess that fire was rekindled, and and uh, she just, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the Black Swan Inn. They made the choice to go there. They made the choice to make this work, but she was very grateful that the Black Swan Inn was there because it was a uh, a way that they could a reason to take time together. And and anyway, she was just thanking us for having it there, yeah, so that they could come because they're 
we're happy, happily married again. You yeah, know? And that's she's very great. That's a great that. story. Well, it's different. It's different than just retreating and going to stay to uh-huh. a, in a hotel. It does take you to a different place, like a destination or a fantasy uh-huh. room or whatever. I think it's it helps you get out of your head. Yeah, and there is some psychological about it when you go into a, a theme room like this, because the whole room is the theme, with the murals and everything. You escape. You don't think you're still in Pocatello, yeah, Idaho. Yeah, that's true. You could be a thousand miles away, two thousand miles away. You know, it, it's just a, a psychological thing, a different mindset, and and uh, you know the other thing that's really nice about it too is we have a lot of mothers with young children who are hesitant to to leave and go someplace yeah. hours away. Yeah. Because they're so far away from their kids. Mm-hmm. So they can come, you know, if they live in Pocatello, they can go to the Black Swan Inn. Mm-hmm. They know they're close so they can relax and have that good experience without having to worry about their kids and yeah. what's going on. And if something happens, that they're going to be far away. And so, yeah, you know, that's, that's also another nice thing about it. That's awesome. Well, I understand, speaking of kids, you and your wife have six children. Correct. So have any uh-huh. of them been involved in the business? So our oldest daughter, well, they've all had been involved with it some degree or the other. But her oldest daughter uh, has pretty much worked there from the very beginning, uh-huh. uh, at least when she was old enough to, she's, I don't even know how old she is, 40, 38? <laughs> she to, probably won't appreciate you saying that's that. That's right. Um. She, she'll probably listen to this. Dad. <laughs> she, see, she'd be 40. She just turned 40. All right. Yeah. So, uh, is that right? She was born in 80. Yeah. It's okay. No one's going to. Yeah, she just turned 40. Wow, I'm getting old. <laughs> Um, anyway, she's been involved in a big part of it uh, from this, from when she was old enough to work there and, and even today. She's, uh-huh. she's, she's still very in involved it. with it. She does a lot of our book work and, and payroll and some of our social media stuff. And then my son, my second son, uh, he went to school in hospitality, graduated in hospitality, worked for Marriott for three years. Oh, wow. And... Uh, I was actually looking for somebody to manage the destinations in, and uh, he called and said, I hear you're looking for somebody to manage destinations in. <laughs> I know someone. And, and I says, yeah. And he says, well, we need to sit down and talk. And uh, I said, are you serious? Because he was at a, a Marriott in Phoenix, uh, 950 rooms, two pro golf courses, and I mean, it was spas, and I mean, just a amazing place down there. And uh, he was coming up in the company, doing really good. Everybody liked him, and and I didn't think he'd ever move back to Pocatello. Anyway, so we sat down and talked, and he decided to quit Marriott and come back. And so he went into the hospitality. He he did that, not even thinking that that would be going into the family business. As far as I know. Yeah, and then (laughs) here we are. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. It worked out great, and so he's been working for us now. It'll be two years this summer, um, and yeah, so I'm excited trying to turn more things over to my two kids that are involved with it. And so, so what does that say, what does that say for you? Are you looking? Are you trying to ease out of the business at this point in your life? Uh, I'm trying to free up my time so I can travel more. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody's got to travel to go look at these places so we get ideas for these rooms. <laughs> You're right. You know? It has to be and in-person experience. That's right. yeah. Yes. 
And so I've got to free up some time so I can do that for the business. Yes. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I've, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm working on having them run the hotels. Uh, neither one of them are construction people, so I still have to do all the maintenance, and uh -huh. my wife and I are doing most of the remodeling and everything like that. So we're doing that, but but they're as much as we can. We're turning the management over to the two kids. So. Well, I hope that you get to get out there soon. We, we, we work on it. <laughs> so what's the future look like? Are if there COVID-19 other... would ever go away so we yeah, can travel again. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> the airplanes are pretty empty, so you'd they have are. space. Yeah. Um, what's, the, what's the future? Are you looking at any other themed hotels, or are you maintaining these? Uh, no. My original intent was to build, the, to build a few of them and then franchise them. Yeah. Is what I was originally my goal my thoughts were but uh now i'm i'm looking for less things to do so yeah that might be the next generation i don't see do me that. doing it if if my kids have enough ambition and and ability to do that to expand it you know so so be it but i'm not i'm not interested in you know if a hotel opportunity came up to buy if the price was right and it looked right i might consider that but I'm not interested in expanding our theme hotels building these again other places there's too much takes more time and energy than I want to put into it right now yeah yeah you've definitely been there done that well when you think about that when you started this coming from the construction business to this did you ever have feelings of doubt like that this would work or do you still I was too naive and <laughs> Sometimes uh, that's a benefit. I, you know, like I told you before, I, I just get an idea in my mind and and I just go for it. Yeah, that's uh, good because you weren't paralyzed I mean, by fear. I guess I shouldn't say I go into it blindly. I put a lot of, I, I put a lot of thought in everything I do, but it's positive thought. Um, you know, I, I just believe if, if somebody really wants to do something and it makes sense. They can make it work. Yeah. Um, but it's got to make sense. And, you know, when you got to borrow money, too, the bank's not going to loan you money if they don't, if you don't have a plan, if you don't. If, it's true. You know, banks can be a, a good thing for saying no sometimes. Yeah. Um, right. And so, uh, but to, to be honest with you, answer your question, I don't ever remember thinking this isn't going to work. I just said, we're going to make this work. And I always felt like it would. And people say, you know, thought it was dumb to build in Pocatello. But if you can make a business, <laughs> I don't want to put down Pocatello because I love Pocatello. They say, if you can make a business succeed in Pocatello, you can do it anywhere. <laughs> well, we've kind of had that same direction with our business in Rexburg. So uh -huh. I think it's not just Pocatello. There's other markets okay. out there that are challenging. All yeah. Right. yeah. But, uh, yeah, Pocatello and Isle Falls are quite a bit different. I've built, you know, buildings in both cities and yeah. now the hotels in the two different cities they're definitely different market different mindset different things and and that's another that's example good and of bad, adapting you know? yeah. yeah yeah and i'm not saying one's better than the other they're just different yeah they're, they're different communities but I'd, I'd love to live in either one of them i love both idle falls at pocatel there there's great people in both of them Great communities. Well, much like us, we find ourselves split between Rexburg and Idaho Falls, and we live in Rigby. So we just share that whole area. Mm -hmm. You know, we just 
claim it uh, all. Yeah. <laughs> so you can just claim everything from I do. Idaho Falls to Pocatello. Yeah. Well, we do from Malad to Jackson Hole. Oh, yeah, Hall. I bet you do. <laughs> okay, so um, tell me a little bit about any advice that you would give to somebody who's uh. considering self-employment. You've talked a lot about... You know, when you when you look for it, you'll find it. But do you have any other advice that you'd give to someone who was considering going out and doing it on their own? Uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is knowledge is power. Um, you need to educate yourself. There's a lot of resources that are available. Don't be afraid to talk to people and ask people. Um, and and people in most part are not only willing but happy to help you out and give you advice and help you along you know people are usually just really good about that even people who are in your competition um, you know I mean I got great relationships with the other hoteliers in the two cities you know we're a little different but still you know we get along really great and if I need something I'll call them and ask them and they're always really helpful and um, so you know make friends uh, educate yourself look into it utilize the resources that are available and uh, um, and have a passion for it and, but oh and then get involved in the community too um, you know I got very involved with the Chamber of Commerce and in a lot of different boards and stuff and and that social networking is really important when you're trying to build your own business. Uh, sometimes it'll take up a lot of time but but it helps your business but not only that is you're being part of the community. Um, you know when one ship when water rises all ship rise and um, and it's just important to be active in your community be part of it and help out. Well, I'm glad you said that because that is one thing I know that you are known for. You are very active in your community in Pocatello, especially, and and you're called on to do a whole lot of things because of that. So thank you. Well, it's it's an honor and a pleasure to be part of a, a lot of these different things. Yeah, it's great. I I can tell that you enjoy being able to serve that way. So thank you for that. Larry, is there anything else that we didn't get a chance to talk? I know that you could, we could talk about stuff for forever. But is there anything in particular that you'd like the listeners to hear before I let you go? Um, well, I, I probably wouldn't say this, but this morning I had a good friend that just passed away. Uh, actually, it's the husband of the lady that just passed away. I'm really good friends with the husband. And... and uh, you know, just in closing, I think the most important thing I can say is your relationships. Uh, don't take your relationships for granted. Spend time with the people that are the most important to you. Um, and, you know, owning a business is a good thing and you've got to do something for money. But love what you do and love the people around you and treat people right. Uh, don't take advantage of people, and um, and just be happy with whatever you do, you know, and spend the time with those people you love. And, and that's one thing that's so neat about these hotels is that, you know, um, 
like I said, it's building relationships and and I like the money, the financial part of it, but I really like to see people. They come in here with smiles and and leave with smiles. <laughs> you know, I just I just love to see people happy and and that we could be a part of that. Yeah. Well, and the joy even just walking into one of your rooms brings. I imagine that you love the smiles that you see when people are like, "Ooh, that's the coolest thing." Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, great so, satisfaction. Yes. Yeah. So thank you so much for your hard work. Thanks for being on the show today. I am sure that the listeners can feel that love that you project in the work that you do. So thank you. Thanks for giving us such a fun destination where we can escape from reality and reconnect when we need to. So keep it up. Keep saving marriages and relationships. (laughs) Thank you. All right. As a reminder, this show is sponsored by Oswald Service and Repair. We have locations in Idaho Falls and Rexburg to provide you with all your automotive repair and maintenance needs. So come see us and let our family take care of your family. Now stay tuned for the Business Leadership Moment. It's now time for a Business Leadership Moment on East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Hi guys, thank you for staying for the Business Leadership Moment. This segment is brought to you by Idaho RiseCon, an East Idaho business conference held every November, as well as their sister event, RiseX, which is held monthly. Just as you heard Larry talk about in the interview, networking for his business was so important. And here's an opportunity for us to do that for our businesses. So please check them out at www.idahorisecon.com or risex.io and join us for the next one. Hey, today I want to talk to you about my favorite topic, accountability. I know that's new, um, but I wanted to bring up something that has been uh that was brought to my attention, and I thought I would share it with you. So oftentimes, we, um, well, when we teach accountability, we say you are 100% accountable for outcomes and your performance appraisal and everything. You're 100% accountable for that. Well, as individuals listen to that, that can kind of feel a little uncomfortable. And at one particular uh, event, I had an individual come to me and say, how can you say that I'm 100% accountable for this when I'm dependent on somebody who reports to the CEO and doesn't do their job? If When they don't do their job, I can't do mine. And so how can I own that? Um, and so we had a little conversation around it. And I said, well, have you spoken to this person and said, hey, you got to get this done so I can. And she said, yes, I absolutely have. And basically they told me, too bad, you're not the boss of me, this is the way I work, and so this is how it's going to be. Well, that's absolutely frustrating, right? Because what do you do in that situation? So I said, well, could you go to the CEO and have that conversation with the CEO? And she said, absolutely not. Um, I would fear retaliation or retribution. And so uh, there's no way that I can do that. So I said, well, do you think that the CEO is aware of the person's lack of performance um, that reports to him and and that he's allowing? And she said, yeah, actually, um, he is aware of it. And he just looks the other way. And so I said, well, how long has that been going on? And she said, uh, years. Um, so, you know, when we look at this situation, Here's how someone is totally accountable for a situation like this. Working for someone who will not hold someone else accountable is a choice. So in this situation, the CEO is not going to change. And the person who's not giving them what they need in time 
to get their work done is also not going to change. So sometimes we accept a role in an organization where getting stellar performance is not possible unless the individuals change and we can't change other people, right? So it is unfortunate that in this situation, uh, the ability for her to do her work was dependent on others who were not going to do their work. So she's going to be paid to do her best, be frustrated, and continue to do her best, and round and round it goes. So full accountability for this for this situation um, comes in, I've done what I can, I've talked to those I'm willing to talk to, and I accept this role in exchange for pay. And what comes with that is the frustration of the situation. Now, that sounds really harsh, um, but you have to understand that there is uh, what Linda Galindo, my mentor, calls there's the planet what is, and there's the planet what should be. And we want to live on the planet what should be. We want to say, well, they should be doing this and they should be doing that. And, you know, it's so true. You're right. It should be that way. However, being right isn't getting the situation to be any different. And so in this situation, we've got to go back and look at what our definition of success is. What is our definition of success for the for what we want to get out of our work? And if we are unable to meet our definition of success in our current circumstances, then we have control to change that. Yes, it comes with pain, and yes, it comes with challenges, and yes, it comes with change, but we don't get to complain when we really have control over this entire situation. So that's tough, um, but that is the planet what is. And um, it is oftentimes having that conversation doesn't, you don't go away feeling very positive, and you may be feeling that way as I'm talking, Um, but realize that even in this situation, you have control. You don't maybe like what the outcome is, but you have control. And so living in an accountable mindset really does empower you. It makes things hard because people can't just change when you want them to, but it's very empowering. So think about that. Think about that as a leader, whether you're creating a situation like this individual explained to me, or whether you happen to be in a situation like this. What do you do about it? Well, you decide that this is what you're going to do in exchange for pay and just figure it out, or you make a change. So hang in there, guys. Accountability really is awesome. It's very empowering, but it is scary. So like Brene Brown teaches us with vulnerability, it it requires risk, risk, uncertainty, and emotional exposure. Definitely being an accountable person will cause you to have to be a little bit vulnerable, but it's totally worth it. All right, guys, have a fantastic week, and we will see you back here next week. Thank you for listening to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast, proudly brought to you by Oswald Service and Repair. For all your car care needs in Eastern Idaho, let our family take care of yours. www.oswaldserviceinc.com.